Hi, and welcome to episode 186 of No Crying in Baseball. My name is Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Potty Mouth, it's the Baseball Moms episode. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Is this a good way to wind up Mother's Day? This is Mother's Day. Well, it's not Mother's Day Eve. That would be the night before. It's the night of Mother's Day. It is it's the night the of Mother's Day. Exhausted ex- it collapse after a long Mother's Day, but happy. Well, it sure started with a sugar high. Yes. Yeah. Our kids, our two kids, our, our, our little angels went and got us donuts this morning and stood an hour for like an hour and a half, stood in line for like an hour and a half, right? Yep. Something they like sure that. did. Delicious donuts. We are super, super appreciative kids. Thanks so much. But yeah, I definitely had a sugar high and then an immediate crash, pretty much. Well, and you, you've had a busy couple of days too, because you had like a ball game and a trip to New York and then now a sugar crash and all kinds of things. Yeah, I feel like I'm, I'm running on fumes a little bit. So Friday night, we knew that it was going to be raining all day Friday and all night. So I was like, oh, the ball game's going to be canceled. I just hope they call it quickly, right? And then not canceled, not canceled. And we're like, shit, I guess we better get out to Baltimore. And they made it very clear that it was just delayed, not canceled. It started like 20 of nine. But luckily, we found Checker Spot Brewing Company. And you and I, I mean, we have a few more Orioles games to go this summer. Checker Spot Brewing Company. It's just on the other side of MNT Stadium. And it's not a bad place to hang out for a rain delay. Excellent. Excellent. I'm so glad you guys got that game in after all. Yeah, I'm especially glad because the Red Sox won it. And and yeah, I-, I got to see home runs from both of our rookies, uh, Bobby Dahlbeck, who is my baseball boyfriend last year, and uh, Lord Mountcastle, your <laughs> baseball boyfriend. You're mocking also. him. <laughs> he, got a, he, he did very nicely. It was a, it was a fun game, especially because the Red Sox won. So, yeah, I'm appreciative. Camden Yards is doing a good job. They really are. They really are. Hey, other games that happened this week, the minor league season started this week, which means my Mariners boyfriend, Jared Kalnick, hit two home runs in his AAA debut. Still not wow. playing with the Mariners, still playing in AAA. Um, they say they tell me that it's because they want him to face more AAA pitchers. It's no longer a service time manipulation because he could have been up there two weeks ago if that's all it was. But um, hmm. I, I need him. I would like him to be in the show. And boy, does my fantasy team need him. On today's show, we've got former boyfriends, including Albert Pujols, Miggy Cabrera, and a rat coon. We've got a police blotter that's going to tick me off all over again. We've got Mother's Day celebration with actual moms from the Moms in Baseball podcast. We've got some follow-up to our story last week about the British Baseball Federation. And are are you ready to sit in the vaccine section? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. The rat coon. You may have seen this story, and I found it kind of confusing because I didn't follow it immediately, but it kept happening. Mm -hmm. So my former boyfriend from Cleveland, who is now a Met, Francisco Lindor, and your former Mets boyfriend, Jeff McNeil, had a situation. And I think this is basically a clubhouse closing its doors and saying, we take care of things internally. You don't need to know our business. Because on the field, they had some miscommunication about, you know, about playing the infield. And... They had a couple of flubs, the the miscommunications, whatever. They needed to deal with it. So at some point later in the game, everybody started running down the tunnel in the Mets dugout because something was happening in this tunnel. No one knew what the, no one on the outside knew what was happening down in this tunnel. Afterwards, in like the, the Zoom interviews with the players, 
Francisco Lindor said, oh, that, yeah, I saw a rat. I've never seen a New York rat before. And then Jeff comes down and he says, no, that's a raccoon. And so we're arguing about this. So we, yeah, we, we argued about whether this rodent down here was a rat or a raccoon. <laughs> and nobody believes this crap. But they both told that story. Although Jeff added, it could have been a possum. So like they, they're, they're putting out this, this story, which is a little bit hilarious. And, you know, most people are seeing through it. Like they're, they, they, had, so they had an altercation and they're covering it up. And good. I think that's good. Well, their acting GM, Zach Scott, is not happy about it. He thinks they should have been upfront about it. He thinks it made it too big a story as opposed to huh. letting it just like go on. Now, but Luis Rojas, their, their actual, their manager said, we worked it out. We are a family. Family has, you know, situations that happen. We are, you know, we're moving forward. Everything is fine. And like, he is the clubhouse guy, right? He's saying, we took care of it internally. We're great. And, you know, in the meantime, the next time Jeff McNeil was on a, on a media call, Francisco Lindor came up to him and said, it's a raccoon and gave him a hug. And so like, it's done. Yep. It's done. And so now we all need the raccoon t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and you said nobody bought it. I bought it. I totally bought it because I saw Lindor smiling. Just he looked so sweet and he was smiling broadly Sucker. as he told the story. <laughs> and then I saw all the like hullabaloo about that they were lying. And I was like, no, our, our boyfriends, they wouldn't do something like that. It's very believable. But see, I think I like the way they lied. I think because it was A, it showed mm -hmm. unity because they both did it. They told the same story. It was a little bit hilarious. It was yeah. a tiny bit believable. And, you know, here's this guy who's not from here when there's a rat. And, you know, okay, so now it's, I love I, I liked how what they did. So I disagree with Zach Scott here that that it was a bad move. I think it was an excellent move. And, you know, again, T-shirt material for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, talking about uh, teams maybe not presenting their players that well, I am all shades of pissed off at the Angels for releasing Albert Pujols. I just think it's a shit move. I mean, I understand he hasn't been doing that well. They want a roster spot, but man. So we, we've been talking about baseball boyfriends without the quick explanation for those of you who might be here for the first time. What we do in the off season is Patty and I each pick a guy per team because they're cool, because there's something that we love about them beyond the field. And then we put together our fantasy baseball boyfriend league and everybody gets gets a team full so last year I chose Albert Pujols which you know maybe wasn't it definitely wasn't the high point of his career for me to be choosing him for my fantasy baseball team but he's such a great guy and there are so many extra quality things about him like everybody's seen the video of him when he literally took the shirt off his back and signed it to give it to a special needs kid in the audience and when we were talking about that when I picked him as a boyfriend I might have mentioned something about his arms and how they looked when he took that <laughs> shirt off which is you know maybe another baseball boyfriend quality but also we talked about in um during the time of covid he actually paid the players and staff in the Dominican Republic who were employed by the angels at their DR compound. And they were, they were furloughed because of the whole COVID, you know, kerfuffle. And he paid them for five months out of his pocket. So talk about like some allegiance to the angels as a team, as an organization, not to mention that he is an historic player. So we know that he's already at historic levels. He has 3,253 hits and 667 home runs. So there's that thought like 
him getting to like, could he do 700 home runs? Maybe that's, I mean, that's a big level. He's definitely at hall of fame material. And, you know, I think the angels have a little bit of, I don't know if it's a bitter taste that they got him in 2012 for a 10 year contract. But these, I think these multi-year contracts are just stupid. If you really expect somebody to be producing in that level, he's 41 years old now, they must've known what they were getting into. So there's literally just he just had to get through this season for this contract that they're letting him go at and they're DFAing him now. So of course the question is, is anybody going to pick him up? I don't know. You know, there's, there's noise around and Nolan Arenado, my St. Louis boyfriend said some very nice things and it would make so much sense for him to go back to the Cardinals where, you know, he spent his best years I don't know. Could that actually happen? I'm I'm hopeful, but I do think it's just kind of a little bit of a dick move by the Angels. And there are a lot of other players who have come out and said that too, including David Ortiz, who put out a bilingual post and the Spanish version is not the translation of the English. The Spanish is much harsher, where he said that he knows it's a business, but someone like you deserves the best. And he said, it's devastating to see what baseball has turned into disrespecting a player of your caliber, best Dominican player of all time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, he can't just fade away. I mean, he needs to have a send off. Mm-hmm. And this is just a, okay, so he just stops. Yeah. He stops How do you do that? And yeah, that's not okay. You know, and apparently this happened to A-Rod, but I don't give a shit about that, about Alex Rodriguez. He had a lot more strikes against him that this super nice guy pull holes. So I don't know. And then, you know, so then the other half of the equation is my other boyfriend who I took a couple years ago for the White Sox, Miguel Cabrera, also at the verge of history. And he especially this week finally, thank God, finally got his hits to tie and pass Babe Ruth. So he has, he had 2,873 to tie, 84 to pass him after he had been at least, oh, for like 27. That was the last one that I saw. It could have been even more than that. And I had been watching games like, because he got the first fucking home run of the season, right? Like the season starts with his home run. We think there's Cabrera ready to hit it. And then his back goes like cold and I kept waiting for the hit to match Babe Ruth. And I stopped watching. And of course it happened like when a whole shit ton of other stuff happened on Friday night, including me being at a baseball game. Or, or a, a brewery. Which one were you at oh, when it happened? Right. Well, well, I, oh, I'm, not sure. yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. So actually, yeah, here it is. Cabrera is only 11 home runs away from 500. So he could do 3,000 hits and 500 home runs this year. So hopefully the White Sox will still hang on to him. And I don't know about Pujols, though. I feel kind of shitty about that. I don't know. I'm feeling like we should have put Pujols under the police blotter because that was a crime what they did to him. Absolutely. That was a crime. And we do have something under the police blotter, which I am, um, you know, I'm always ticked. I'm always ticked anymore. I got to let go. I got to let go. So this time, this one is really interesting to me. So we are Nats fans. We have our local guys on Masson, which is the Mid-Atlantic Sports Network. It's our regional sports network. That, and we enjoy the way they call games, right? And the former player who does the color commentaries, F.P. Santangelo, played in the majors for seven years. He's a good guy on the air, right? He's fun to listen to. I like the stories he tells, you know. Eh, he's all right. I, yeah. I give him like a lukewarm all right. 
All right. Well, you have a different, you know, there, yeah. This is, yeah. <laughs> I so I, I'm discounting that completely. I love, I love listening to the two of them. I think they, they do a great job. And he mysteriously disappeared about a week ago, just didn't show up wasn't and there was no explanation it wasn't he's going through some family things or he's going through whatever or there's a health concern he just didn't show up and nobody mentioned it so i of course went immediately to it's a scandal and then it yeah. seemed like well maybe it was just a contract thing because he was back a few days later mm-hmm. and then he disappeared again after a couple of games and this time things started coming out so here's what happened so the nationals um the TV team, the commentators don't work for the baseball team. They work for the sports network. But in most cases, the baseball team that they represent has like veto power over them. They can say, no, we don't want you. Or, yeah, we really want this guy. You know, they, they can approve these hiring. So the Nats notified Masson, the sports network, that there were some allegations of, you know, conduct unbecoming and not befitting, you know, the Nationals organization. And so he needs to come off the air. So Masson investigated and then reinstated him because their investigation didn't turn anything up. So he's back for a few games. They still hadn't mentioned anything publicly. And then all of a sudden disappeared again. And apparently what happened was there was a, there were initially some social media posts making accusations that started out sounding like a bad date, but ended with the words sexual assault. Yeah. And I was like, oh, crap. And then... There were more posts, but it's unclear to me whether it's the same person providing more information or if it were additional women coming forward. So Nats pulled their approval again. And now Masson has passed it up to to MLB investigations, which I find interesting because apparently MLB can investigate him, even though he's just a broadcaster now, because he was a former player. Mm. And MLB apparently has some say in what former players can have these careers in broadcasting, which was news to me. So obviously it's an active investigation. This is pretty much all we know right now, but I do find it fascinating, like the complete shutdown of information and then this escalation to MLB when he basically he's working, you know, for this, this regional sports TV network, but that, but MLB is investigating now. So I'm fascinated. I'm, I'm not going to go as far as heartbroken because I'm not as invested as I was in say Omar Vizquela, Robbie Alomar, but it does suck because, you know, I, I thought immediately it was like, oh, crap, it's a scandal. Oh, good. It's not a scandal. Oh, crap. It's a bad scandal. Yep. I went through the same thing. And when he came back, I was like, well, then it couldn't be bad because why would they let him back? So I don't understand that. And he and he also was a pretty big social media presence. Like he tweeted a lot and then there was nothing and then yeah. he tweeted like on my way to the ballpark and it's like like out of nowhere just like super joyful like all right well let's which is why yeah. it sounded like it was a contract thing that got worked right. out you know it's like you can't be on the air while we're working this out now uh, no no so ah, you know shit. this is this is still an open investigation i don't know what's happening but god dang it i'm really tired of this yep i'm going to can i talk about moms i love moms yeah there's so much mom today Happy Mother's okay. Day again. Happy Mother's Day again. Okay, so a um, new mom. Well, no, a mom again this week. Erica Scherzer, wife to Max Scherzer, gets like the MVP award for the league because um, she had their third child on the day that Max threw a complete game this week. And you know what? That was planned. At the beginning mm-hmm. of the season, she sat down with Dave Martinez, the manager of the Nationals, and looked at the schedule to figure out when Max's starts were so they can schedule inducing labor on a day that he had to start so that he would then have at least five days off afterwards to be with her and, and new baby and their their other two children. 
Wow. Also on social media, apparently she posted a photo of hiking with with her two girls earlier that day because, you know, that helps get things moving along. So she's <laughs> kind of superhuman and an excellent planner. So she's super mom of the week and um, the National League MVP as far as many of us are concerned. Oh, yeah. MLB every Mother's Day posts like uh, players and managers and other sports figures like and the recollections of their moms. And so we're going to link to that. It's always fun to read that. But two of them that we really appreciate. One was, was Dusty Baker, who talked about his 90 year old mom, Christine, and how she made sure he knew how to like cook and set the table. And she basically had, she had an etiquette school. So he was, he's going to open the door for you if you're nearby and he has to make his bed every day still as like a grown ass man. Uh-huh. Oh, he's a grown ass man again, because that's what, because <laughs> mom instilled these very basic things. Like here's how, here are the basic things you need to, to get by in life. And also made sure he learned Spanish. Wow. Is super useful. Spanish. Yes. That's it's super awesome. useful in the world of baseball. Right. So fun facts about Dusty and his mom that made me really happy. So Beth Moens um, we talked about her during spring training because at the time she was the first woman to call a Cubs game in spring training. Well, just this last weekend, she became the first woman to call play-by-play for a Cubs regular season game. And full credit to mom. She told the story about her brothers played a lot of sports like in the neighborhood and she would hang out like with them in the backyard or in the neighborhood and basically do the play-by-play like as a kid. Like she, so would, like, cool. she would like, she would like, and so she said, when I was little, I asked my mom if I could be a play-by-play announcer. And she simply said, yes, you can. And said that it, it, from then on, if anybody like challenged her about like wanting to do that, she said, well, my mom said I could. So, you know, I'm going to go ahead and do it. Aww, so yay, so cool. yay for Beth's mom too. And then the last mom I want to talk about is um, Josh Bell, who we mentioned because of his book club. He's my former Pirates boyfriend, now with the Nationals. And I kind of now want to bend our rules and make him my once and forever boyfriend. Because not only mm. is he running the book club, but he is the new Nationals Youth Baseball Academy ambassador, who um. my former boyfriend for life, Anthony Rendon was. And before him, Ian Desmond, who's also a former boyfriend of mine. In fact, Ian Desmond called Josh Bell when he became a national and said, go to this place and look around. I think this is a thing for you. And apparently Josh has been doing social justice work and community stuff like all his whole life. Turns out his mom is the associate dean for diversity, racial equity, and inclusion at the University of Texas, Arlington. So he grew up steeped in this stuff. So thank you, mom, for that. And what he said was he wants to focus on bettering education for children, for teenagers, for anyone shorted opportunities because of where they were born or what they look like. And he said, you know, he spent a lot of time last year crafting these social media posts to try to, like, you know, promote inclusion and anti-racism. And he finally said, you're not going to solve structural racism on social media, JB. Wow. So he's back in the trenches and he's like going to be with like these 2000 kids that go to this youth academy and they play baseball and they play softball and they learn, they study there and they learn how to cook and their parents learn how to cook. And there's a farmer's market there for their families to shop at, to get good quality fruits and vegetables in a a part of Washington, DC. That's basically a food desert. Um, So I'm really impressed with the, with the academy and yay for Josh Bell for diving in and becoming part of it. So um Yay, former boyfriends doing the right thing. And yay for their moms. For yes. Them. Yeah. And good call. You know, just that it's kind of cool when you find a baseball boyfriend. And I want to go back to the Josh, Josh Bell episode, wherever it was, to see like what you what sparks you saw in him. And obviously you made a good call and he's got a lot more going for him. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Hey, we should talk to some actual moms. 
Let's do. Let's have some moms on. Let's do that. We have some special guests with us on No Crying in Baseball this week. In honor of Mother's Day, which is today, you'll be listening to this episode a couple days after, but think of it as Mother's Week, because really, we we deserve a lot more than a day. And we have a couple of special women with us who definitely deserve a lot more than a day. We have the Moms in Baseball podcast, Diana and Stephanie, with us today. Thank you so much for joining us for this special Mother's Day episode. Thank you so much for having us. We're so excited. Yes, thank you. So we usually uh, start off with our guests by asking your personal connection to baseball. So I don't know, whoever wants to go first, whoever thinks of the answer first, what is your personal connection to baseball? Well, this is Diana. And gosh, I my whole family has just always been involved in baseball. I've got two brothers. And uh, my younger one actually quit playing early on, but my older brother played all the way through four years of D1 college. My dad was a coach forever, and I played softball. I was not fantastic at softball. I didn't even necessarily love softball, but I always really enjoyed watching it and rooting for other people and watching my brother's games. So I've just been into it, I guess, um, from an early age and then um, have just enjoyed, you know, going to Detroit Tigers games with my husband and things like that. And now our family is super involved in baseball. Everything we do, I feel like, is kind of revolved around baseball. And I think that's fair to say, Stephanie. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, um, I've got two boys and they are in their sixth year of travel ball. And then they play like little league slash rec ball as well. I've coached um, my sons. My husband and I actually coached against each other uh, in 10 year. He coached one son. I coached the other son. We needed an extra <laughs> coach in the league. And we were like, how do we do this? And I said, well, how about we each take a kid and we'll coach against each other. And I will say my, I had a, another mom as an assistant coach and we were undefeated in the regular season. We took my oh, husband. Awesome. <laughs> but then they, <laughs> I know. Right. But then they came out Big props. Top in the playoffs. So they, they kicked us out to go on to the championship. But, um, and then I'm coaching my older son's 14 U like junior high baseball team this year, which should be a really fun experiment. We'll see how that goes, but it was another situation where no one else would coach. And I thought, you know, I know a decent amount about baseball. We'll see how this goes. So yeah, we do a lot of baseball here in my house. That's awesome. We'll have to check back in on that one, right? (laughs) (laughs) Stephanie, how about you? Yeah, so I played softball in high school, and I have brothers that played baseball as well. Um, But my oldest started to just take off collecting baseball cards, things like that. We're like, hey, maybe we should do something a little bit beyond Little League. And so we went and signed up for travel baseball, and that's where we met Diana, and they are an intense tribe. And we said, all right, let's go. Baseball it is. And so we've just been riding the fast lane ever since, so... Here we are. <laughs> wow. That's that's excellent. That's excellent. So you've got kids who are playing travel ball, which is serious stuff. What what are your baseball hopes for your kids? I mean, do you see this as a path? Like, do you want them to keep going? Do they want to keep going? What, what do you see? Yeah, that's a really, that's a really good question. That's a very good me. question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every travel ball parent needs to think about that at some point in time, right? But mm-hmm. um for me, with my two boys, my oldest just like lives and breathes everything baseball when he's not playing. He's watching clips on ESPN. He's checking on his fantasy team. He just loves baseball. And he just told me the other day that if he 
he wants to play baseball as long as he possibly can, whatever that means. Right. And he has said that when he can't play baseball anymore, he'd really like to coach baseball. And I think people that know him really see that in him. He's great with younger kids. He loves, he, he just knows the game really well. So he, he just would like to play it and be involved with it in any way possible. My younger son, you know, he's 11. He just likes to play baseball and <laughs> it is what it is. Well, I think it's too early to even figure out what he's going to do with that or what he even wants to do with it. But right now he enjoys it. And as long as he enjoys it and wants to, you know, keep competing and um, playing at a higher level, then we'll support him in that. But I don't know. We'll just year to year. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Absolutely. And we're kind of on the the same lane as uh, Diana. So my oldest is very into it and it's always self-motivated because as soon as you start doing things for your kid and pushing them, they're then just going to not like the sport and just want to kind of bail out. Um, I do have two other boys. My middle son plays Little League and he loves it, but he is not the competitive type. So he just loves baseball to play it and, and enjoy it. And then my youngest could probably, you know, take it or leave it, but he's in, you know, T-ball. So <laughs> what can you do? Right. Um, but my son, we're hoping, you know, that, yeah, it would lead to going to college and playing baseball. He has dreams of doing that and then going further. And so we're just here to support him. And if that's what he wants to do, then great. You do that. So I like it. You know, I, I, um, listen to your your interview with uh, Tim Melville's mom and like the the very um like very specific like moving for your child and like you know interviewing schools and all of that was amazing and dedicated I thought there's no way in heck I could have handled that level of involvement I'm I'm kind of relieved to see you guys like let the kid kids lead is what I'm hearing a little bit like mm-hmm. where do they want to go with it and then we're here to support them as they go I actually have a, a question that's going to affect me personally so um we go to baseball games at all different levels and we've got a, you know, a, a collegiate wooden bat league nearby mm-hmm. the, the place, the local high school. And they're always looking for host families. And I actually scanned your episodes to see if you got there yet, because you've got so many, how things around baseball work, you know, it, from, you know, from like dealing with, you know, at the, at the little league level to, you know, college recruiting. And I actually, I think that would, you know, I'm going to make, I'm going to pitch a suggestion for I talk about that, but I love it. But, you know, I, I'm reading these requirements for being a host family for these kids who are like, you know, high school going into college kids, which is the age of, you know, of potty mouse and my kids, you know, we, we each mm-hmm. have a kid in that age range. And it sounds like you're a parent for them. You know, it's not just here's a bed to sleep mm-hmm. in, but it sounds like you're a parent for them. And I'm, I'm kind of wondering, like, like, do you guys like see that path and like, you know, kind of like sending your kids to someone else's place and how do you feel and I don't know what my question is <laughs> <laughs> I just saw a host family so I figured something about hosting <laughs> oh you know it I I feel like I just died a little bit inside when you talked about sending my child away to somebody else oh, because no. I oh wow <laughs> I broke I broke Diana no, we're just not. She, we're not, she would keep her kids wrapped in yet. bubble wrap yeah we're not we're not quite there yet um mm-hmm. <laughs> We know still middle school for our oldest, but yeah, I mean, I think that that is a really interesting idea and we haven't talked about, I mean, we've touched on the host family idea, the, um, let's see, somebody, uh, Debbie, Mike Lachak talked to, I believe it was her talked about the Cape Cod league and how they have, I believe they have host families for that. And then we, we did another one about Dow diamond, which is like our local, um, the minor leagues yep. with, uh, Great Lakes and they, you know, they stay with host families too. Not this year though, because of 
COVID restrictions. Right. How they're handling that. And so, you know, we've, we've broached that subject, but we haven't, you know, I don't know a ton about that. I didn't realize there was that much involved. All I understood was that, um, you know, you have to provide a bed for them. It's almost like having an exchange student, not necessarily a dedicated room, but they need a, you know, designated sleeping space. And I don't know what the meal requirement is. I, I'm curious, though. Now I feel like we need to look into that, Stephanie. Well, I think because uh, I do remember talking to Andrea, who is the head chef of the Great Lakes Saloons, and she said that they provide most of the meals there at the Great Lakes Saloons. And then that's usually like Sunday meals are with the family. So, I mean, just like you said, you do spend a lot of time with that player. And yes, if uh, I can get Clayton Kershaw to come back, I will host him in my house. <laughs> no problem. No problem. Because he was a Great Lakes loon. So, um, yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, I, and I feel like if I would send my kid off at the same time, it's kind of like going to college. I trust him. I feel he would hopefully make wise choices. And, um, yeah, I think it would just be a part of the experience and – Hopefully you would find a good family. <laughs> yes. Yeah, see, see, if, if I do this, that makes me like a current baseball mom as opposed to, yeah, my kid, you know, coached Little League and played softball. So, so I'm going to have to come to you guys for like, I want to be part of the baseball mom tribe if I do yes. this. So I, ho- I hope you'll take me. Yes. So, you open arms. Exciting. Yes. We yeah. will take yeah. you. I know Debbie mentioned her son plays in the minors system with the, with the Cleveland team. I don't know what, what level, Woo. double A something. Um, he was just. With the rubber sign. ducks, with the Akron rubber, rubber yes. ducks. Yes, yes. I love the rubber ducks. Yes. I've seen it a couple times. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it's a, uh, Nick Michalacek, he's a relief pitcher. And uh-huh. he, she, I know her, um, that host family still stays in contact and she's extremely grateful for, for what they did for him. It was a single mom and she let him like borrow his car all the time. And yeah. Wow. Family. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. fantastic. Mm-hmm. Family. You know, speaking of, of of baseball moms and and the whole point of us having you here a little bit is to hear about your show, your moms in baseball podcast. And we're wondering how did you guys get that started? What was the inspiration behind that? I'll let Diana take that one away. <laughs> Take it away, eliminate it altogether. Yeah, she's gonna. Yeah, it was all her. It was her little baby, and she just grew it. So uh, you take it away, Diana. Tell the story. Well, it's not that interesting of a story, but it started. (laughs) I think it started. The seed was planted because our husbands were going to do a podcast, and it was going to be like for baseball, like youth baseball families. And I'm not even sure exactly how they were going to focus it. And I believe they even recorded like a test episode. And it was well over a year ago. And I kept saying, like, when are you guys going to do that? You should do that. You should. And they never, like, found the time. They're both extremely busy. And I listen to podcasts, you know. And and one day I just thought, you know what? I'm going to do a podcast. And it needs to be for baseball. And I asked my husband if he wanted to do it with me. And he was kind of like, eh, maybe. We'll see. And I thought, you know what? Like, does he sound like that really? Yeah, I, I never follow through on anything ever. And I'm going to do this and I don't need you. It's going to be for baseball moms. And I'm going to ask Stephanie and we're going to do it. And All that's, right. That's how that started. It was really, and then I think like two days later, we recorded our intro and our first episode and we had no idea what we're doing, but we're mm-hmm. figuring it out as we go. And we're having a lot of fun. And one of the, I think, ironic things was it was started for baseball moms but as far as we can tell, when we look into our demographics, sixty percent of our listeners are male. So, <laughs> there you go. Oh wow! Fascinating. Yeah. Yes. Wow. So it is. Yeah. What it is. Well, so 
what what have been like your favorite episodes so far? What, do you have any specific highlights? Uh, you know, a, a guest, a, a topic that you came up with that went over really well. What are you thinking? You want to talk about that one, Stephanie? Um, I can. I think one of my favorite guests, and it was early on, was probably the Lolly Esquivel um, episode, just because what he is doing with youth baseball is like mind blowing. Like it is like he's running it like an MLB team. Like they have huge corporate sponsors. These kids are traveling all over the United States, even sometimes out of the United States, like to get the best competition. Um, Sometimes their parents aren't flying with them. So it's just like the team and he just gives them the ticket and says, this is your plane ticket. Meet us here. You do this. You do this. He has pitcher only like for youth baseball, pitcher only um, relief pitchers. Like it is just it was just amazing to listen to that and hear that perspective because you're like, wait, what? That's not that's not like Little League. Like that is not. And we thought we were pretty elite doing our travel team. And then hearing this, you're like, no, we're not even close. Wow. It just was it was amazing. Yeah, that was one of our more popular episodes. It, he's the coach for the Texas Canes, and they're yeah. just, they're always ranked. I think they had a season where they went 101 and zero, and they played the oh best, the best yes. and they watched a single game. It was last year, and it's just, yeah. it's just mind blowing. And I think Stephanie and I both went into it thinking, you know, like we had these, we thought they were really hard questions, and, and, and we left, you know, we got off the phone with him. We're like, wow, like, you know, it kind of, it all kind of made sense. Like it was very mm-hmm. reasonable. And I, I guess I, I guess I kind of get it. And it just took us, it took us by surprise because it seems so crazy what he's doing, but you know, it works for him. It works for the kids. It works for the families. And what can you do? That's fantastic. I also am a big fan of your episode with Tim Melville's mom, Valerie Paredes. And mm-hmm. it was just because I've been following CPBL very closely. And so to hear the background for all the stuff that he had done before going over to Taiwan was was really fantastic. Absolutely. What would you say like would be your your elevator pitch, though, if you were to say this is what we do on our podcast, like on a, on a regular basis? You know, I don't know if I'd have a great elevator pitch. I've never been very good at selling ourselves. <laughs> I can relate. I can relate. But I would say that like our target audience is always, even though we've done like kind of a range of topics and they, it doesn't necessarily seem to always go together, it, it really just is aimed at the youth baseball parent. And and by okay. youth, I mean, if you had, if you have a child who has recently played or is still playing baseball, even if he's in the MLB or in the CPBL, then I, I guess that's that's who this is for. And we love to talk to those people like Tim Melville. I mean, just the the career path that he's had. And I feel like our listeners really appreciate listening to, you know, what his mom did for him and what was it like to raise a baseball player that was so high level. Um, yeah. Honestly, we have to thank you for that too, because I believe that's kind of how we found her. And um, I was listening to your podcast when I heard, because I don't follow the CPBL at all, but I listened to your podcast and I heard you say he threw a new hitter or a no hitter, excuse me. And I was like, Tim Melville, we just talked to his mom. We're supposed to interview her. Like, how cool is that? (laughs) We really appreciated that info. Yeah. Your timing on that was really good (laughs) because then it was really cool to hear about her texting with his wife in the stands, right? While he was still pitching. Oh my God. And just because, you know, no hitters have been a pretty popular topic this season. Um, (laughs) 
that yeah. it was it was cool to get so everybody's throwing them right now it's it's not cool anymore everybody must do it yeah unless it's seven innings then it doesn't count right the horror i'm sorry don't set me off on a rant i've already got a rant planned for this episode i don't need another one oh shoot There's always a rant. Oh my God. Yeah. A friend said, so, oh, I listened to, I listened to your, your latest episode. So oh, what was my rant this time? Which episode was it? <laughs> what did I go off on? I don't know. Okay. So one thing I want to go off on is, so, you know, our, our fantasy uh, boyfriend baseball league, um, you know, has been like plodding along for a long time. And, you know, we have some new players this year who are taking it very seriously. And one of them is in this call right now. And I got to say, um, Diana, how are you so freaking good at fantasy baseball? Yeah. I'm not in first place right now, so I'm kind of bummed about it. For the that. first time in weeks, though. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> who took over first place? Uh, Glenn. Glenn, he changed uh, the name to iZombie, and he's a number one. Yeah. Wow. I, I feel like my whole team is hurt right now. We're struggling. But um, honestly, I one of the reasons why I listened to your podcast or why I found you to start listening in the first place was because I haven't followed the MLB in like pretty much since the Tigers were good. So it's been a minute. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to like get back in. But like I said, my oldest son really, really, really follows baseball and he's constantly wanting to. T- so honestly, I feel like he maybe I just picked players that I hear him talk about all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like having your seven year old do tech support. Yes. Yeah. He's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, Xander's that good. He's that good. And yeah. I have the fantasy baseball support. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, we just, I'm like, oh, Xander talks about Jacob DeGrom all the time. He calls him Jacob DeGoat. And yeah, I know him. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm, I don't, I kind of cheat because I don't know them well enough to, to follow the rule of what I want to have a beer with them because I don't really know. I just have to, there's a few people I know I, I wouldn't want to have a beer with and I've avoided them, but the rest, I don't really know. I just take your guys's word for like, avoid these people and. So it's not. Yeah, we're pretty strict about about you know that if we say avoid them, there's really good reason. There are people that we wouldn't have as boyfriends, but those are fuzzy. But then there's the oh no, 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 no. Yeah. These guys you got to stay away from. Yeah. So thank you for good. following the rules. As the commissioner, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I hate policing. Sure, I don't want to be the man. Because <laughs> I have to go find somebody and like okay, I want him, but I need to make sure I don't have him on my team, and then I have to go make sure he's not on that list. It's but it's good. I like it. They're stupid rules. We have a lot yeah, of stupid rules. Our rules are complicated is what I was going to say. Yeah, that just that ma- making sure that you have everybody on different teams is enough to like get your head straight, let alone all the other details around it. Yeah. So one thing that I was wondering for you guys is what would, as, as baseball moms, what would be some advice or words to live by that you would give to other baseball moms out there? Anybody who happens to be listening? What's like a key thing that gets you by in the tough times. I feel like we need to take this advice ourselves, Stephanie, because it's been kind of tough times the past few weekends for us. But I feel like no matter what's going on, I'm constantly reminding myself, why are we doing this? We're doing this because the kids are having fun and they're learning and they're getting better. And you know what? If they lose a bunch of games, do they still have a smile on their face? Do they still want to play baseball? Are they learning new skills? You know, and and ultimately at the end of the day, that's all that matters. It doesn't matter if they're on this fantastic team that travels across the country or and flies to games and goes 101 and zero, or if they're on their local rec team that went, you know, two and 16, just 
do they still love the game? Are they having fun? And enjoy it while you can, because I can't believe how fast this is going. (laughs) I just thought about the other day that my older son is already um, just as close to, or actually closer to varsity baseball than he is to 8U baseball. And that just seems crazy to me. I feel like we just finished 8U. So, yeah. How about you, Stephanie? No, absolutely. I agree 100% with you. Just like enjoy it while you can because it goes by so fast. And as soon as you're, you know, forcing it, it, it's not fun anymore. It's not fun for the kids. And, you know, if you're all mad and angry every time you leave the ball field, like that's not fun for everybody. Like that's not fun for anybody at all. So, yeah. And it's all a learning experience. You're never going to be the best every single time. And that's okay. I like it. I like it. This is this is really um, fantastic stuff. I do want to ask one very practical question. What's the best snack? (laughs) (laughs) That is, you know what, Stephanie, you're snack mom, you're prepared mom. I mean, I've been snack mom. Yeah, I know, because I have two younger kids. And you know what the first question is, as soon as we get to the ball field? can I have a snack? What is there to eat? Like, and so I'm like, I, we just, we just sat down. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> I heard someone, a uh, mom on our team at the game, I think it was today say, you know, gosh, they're always hungry. And I, you know, he's, he's, he came up to me and said, mom, I'm so hungry. So I gave him money and he came back from the concession stand with a big old thing of gum. And she's like, I yeah, you were hungry. <laughs> it's not, not food. Gum is not food. <laughs> <laughs> not how that works. Oh, oh no. So the best snack for me is probably, um, Yeah. A protein bar or my water. Yeah, I know. I just need something to get me by. And I try to push protein for my kids too, but uh, unfortunately he has like a weak anxiety ridden stomach. So he refuses to eat anything before the game. But then of course, when we're finished, he eats like everything and anything in sight as soon as we get in the car. And I'm like, really, you're going to make yourself sick, but you know, he doesn't listen to mom. Yeah. <laughs> Stephanie and I both have made, do you call them power balls too? Oh yeah. But the, the issue with them is they have peanut butter in them. So I always feel like we have to be really careful. Like we eat it in a secluded area and use hand sanitizer afterwards. Cause you never know. No one on our a team nut has allergy. Them. Yeah. Um, but I just, you know, it's like oats and peanut butter and honey protein and powder. Yeah. Protein powder in there. But I mean, Oh my gosh, I'm a terrible snack mom. Like uh, this past weekend, my, kids ate one actual meal and it was like a potluck that other people put together <laughs> and I, my husband and I provided the plates <laughs> Plates are important. I mean how's it gonna work without the plates right I mean everybody has a role to play we were right. going back and forth. their fields were an hour and a half apart and it's like you know you're oh my going God. back and forth and you can only do what you can do and so mm-hmm. you know they're having lunchables and meat sticks and granola mm-hmm. bars they were eating you know but it's whatever's quick Calories and easy at the point. Yes, they were. Yes, they were. Yes. <laughs> wow. So yeah, I guess we're not great snack mom. Sorry. No, I'm sorry. We let you down. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, I'm ready to make myself some of the protein balls. Like, oh, yeah. 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 But they are good, just, actually. I can eat peanut butter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'll just keep them in my little lunch container. So thank you for sharing your words of wisdom with us. And if people want to get more words of wisdom from you and follow Moms in Baseball podcast, how would they find you on the social medias and the podcast? Uh, okay, well, we are on we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and we we just maybe started YouTube. We're not sure if we're going to keep that going or not, but it's <laughs> the hashtag 
was that the right word? No, the handle, our handle, handle. we're sorry, we're not technology people or social media people. It's the handle moms and baseball. Excellent. Well, we definitely follow you guys and we look forward to seeing what you are going to tell us about next because there's so much to learn. Even if your kids are a little bit aged out of what you're talking about right now, there's still so much. There's so much going on. We're so happy you guys gave up part of your Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to you to join us. This was really great for us and we hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you so much. Happy Mother's Day to both of you as well. We really love this. I just want to say thanks again to Diana and Stephanie from Moms in Baseball Podcast for joining us for Mother's Day. What a special day to have them on and and definitely go check them out on all the social media platforms. Speaking of social media, we have some great friends across the pond at this point. Last week, we talked to you about a bit of a scandal in British baseball. And it was a sort of like good news, bad news situation. Good news, British baseball had this whole women's league that was kicking off. Bad news, they used a really shitty, stupid image to promote it on social media. And this was apparently a decision made by God knows who, who didn't consult any women, but it was a woman who looked topless, but I guess if you looked close enough, it was actually a halter that she was wearing. But the other thing that we didn't mention last week that was just a a glaring error is that she was wearing, besides the fact that she wasn't wearing anything on top and it was from the back, she, she had a glove in her hand and a batting helmet on her head. Yes, this was not a batting glove. This was a fielding glove. So she was apparently doing it all at once and yet undressed. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. so there were just so many ways wrong. And one thing, so we, we've made friends this week some, with some lovely women who have the Birds in Baseball uh, podcast across the pond, and they've been covering this very closely. One thing that they brought up on their show was that if you had a daughter and you were interested in having your daughter play baseball, would that image want you to bring your daughter in to play baseball? I think not. I think what you would want is some strong looking young girls or women with their like ready to play with their jerseys on. So it was basically a shit move. But what we didn't realize last week was really how much it blew up. And right after that, I think on the date that our episode dropped, Doris Hawking resigned as the manager of Women's Baseball UK. And apparently the status at this point still is a little bit unknown, but just to come out and resign. And also there were some people who were going to completely boycott. Molly, who's one of the the hosts of the show, was in, and also a player, was planning on boycotting. And shit went down a huge tip of the cap to baseball Scotland. So, of course, this is the UK. So it's not just England, but there's also at least Scotland and maybe Irish teams as well playing. And baseball Scotland came up with an unwavering statement of support for the women, you know, basically saying that they, I mean, and with really strong language that they were shocked with and disappointed by the lack of action taken by British baseball. They came across as saying that they wholeheartedly supported Doris Hawking and the women. And that was the kind of statement that we were looking at from the British Baseball Federation because they came out with some sort of like a half-assed apology saying that we're sorry that we took it that way. 
and and also the big part of what their protest was was they were demanding the resignation of Jerry Perez, who is the head of British baseball. And I thought that was kind of gutsy for these women to go out there and say, I'm resigning. I'm not playing until the head of British baseball resigns. And then he resigned. Wow. Wow. So on That's May huge. 7th, huge, he announced his resignation from position of the president of the B- British Baseball Federation. And the board and Mr. Perez have agreed to cooperate during a handover period to ensure operational continuity. So this is where we're getting into sort of this kind of fuzzy area. And according, and definitely check out Birds and Baseball podcast for covering this a little bit more tightly. There's going to be something better is what they're hoping because I had asked them. So does this mean that Doris comes back and everything like the plans that were happening just sort of kick back in. And I think they're looking at this as an opportunity to see what they could do for next level. So I'm not quite sure what's going to be happening with women playing in British baseball, but you know, it's more than we're doing here. And it looks like their future has just gotten a little bright. And it just goes to show that, you know, social media pressure works. So a lot of people came out on social media, pressured British baseball, and they did the right thing. So cheers to our friends across the pond. Yeah, we're going to keep following the story because clearly more is going to happen. This, this is not This is not done yet, but it sure is moving in the right direction. Hey, something else moving in the right direction is the uh, the COVID test this week. No new positives for players or staff. Wow. There was one positive for a staff member on an alternate site, but that doesn't affect the, the major league teams that are playing. So that's hugely great. Also, the vaccine game has been upped. The Mariners were the first this past week to say we're going to allow walk-up vaccines at our games, quickly followed by the Mets and the Yankees, who are also offering bribes. And I'm just thinking, why did I get my vaccine so soon? Why was I such a good citizen and get my vaccine so soon? I could have waited and gotten free baseball tickets with my vaccine. I'm just kidding. It's the right thing to get your vaccine as soon as you can. But the Mariners, the Mets, the Yankees, and also Atlanta this weekend are all offering free tickets with a vaccine at the ballpark. Are you serious? Because I was looking at Yankees tickets just because I have a Yankees friend visiting and their nosebleed seats are 90 bucks each. Like the fourth level. They have four levels at this brand new spanking Yankee Stadium. Those does, your friend 90- a, does your friend need a vaccine? Because um, they could actually, do that at Yankee Stadium. Actually, he does. Wow. Ha, there you mm-hmm. go. Okay, so a fun fact about Atlanta offering vaccines. They were just going to offer it this past weekend, Friday and Saturday, and see how it went. But it coincided with they're they're going to 100% capacity at Uh, the same time. Wouldn't it have made sense to go to 100%, say, three weeks after offering vaccines when these people have superpowers? Most of these um, places are doing the one-and-done Johnson & Johnson. Some are offering like the, the two shot versions and then giving you a different place to go for the second one. So you don't have to like go to another game to get your second shot. But so this is spreading. This is like, you know, more baseball teams and ballparks are getting involved with make it easy and freaking bribe people. If you have to, we got to get to herd immunity people. Also, many ballparks are starting vaccine sections, which means if you're hundred percent vaccinated and your superpowers have kicked in, you can sit, in a squished up tight 100% capacity section of the mm. ballpark, you still have to wear your masks, but you don't have to socially distance. Some of these ballparks are giving you a discount 
for sitting in those sections. So tiny little bribes, tiny little rewards for having done the right thing and getting yourself vaccinated so you can sit in. Yeah. That's impressive. I was impressed with the O's that were doing free COVID testing, that they had that up on the the billboard thingy, the thing that lights up, you know. The video board. Yeah, that's it. That one. That thing, I know that I'm one, not supposed one. to say Jumbotron because it probably isn't, but it's. It is definitely not. We, we, we have been reprimanded before. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff from Two Strike Noise. We now know when we're wrong. Um, hey, you know what? I'm still very wrong in the Fantasy Boyfriend Baseball League. I have been Ooh. at number eight for weeks. So the news, which, uh, which Diana broke during our interview a little bit earlier, was that Hot Mess Baseball Mom is now number two after weeks riding the top of the leaderboard. I zombies for adults. Our friend Glenn had has jumped a couple of spots to take the lead by about five points, which is pretty exciting. We all moved down a little bit. And the kids on freaking Mother's Day jumped over all the parents that they know and love and to, to take fifth place. So, um, yeah, I'm consistent, at least. And Ryan Mountcastle did hit a home run this week. So there's that. And I am right above you. And I've got to say, I was super happy with Frenchie Cordero getting me finally some fucking points. But yeah, there's I have a lot to be desired. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit of work. But you know do. what? We we can verify that we would happily have a drink with any of the of of the guys on our teams. And I don't know that everybody else can be sure of that. Absolutely. That would be a nice way to wrap things up. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, so like this week, I'm kind of re- recovering from um, the crazy Mother's Day weekend. My kid came home from school for one night um, to bring the cat back in the first load and then went back to school today and will come back next weekend. So I've got, you know, a little a little downtime while I finish like preparing for the triumphant return. So that's my plan for the week. I don't know. What do you have going on? I have way too much work. I'm just cranky that it's Sunday night and I have to get up and go to work tomorrow. But my kid is here. So my kid's staying for probably a couple weeks is what it looks like. And that's that's always a good thing to have your 19-year-old come back and grace you with their presence. Yep. Yep. I love those kids. Those are some great kids. Yeah, they're great kids. Hey, so whether your great kids are are, are are with you or not, or your your great kids actually belong to other people, that's okay too. You can have honorary kids mm-hmm. uh, on this on this Mother's Day. If your mom is a baseball fan, make sure she's listening to No Crying in Baseball. And feel free to check out some older episodes or leave us a review or a rating. And please do find us on social media. Hang out with us on Twitter, NCIB Podcast, Facebook and Instagram at No Crying in B-Ball. Please get that vaccine, whether it's at the ballpark or not, whether you need to be bribed or not, just do it because it's the right thing to do. Keep wearing your masks when you're in enclosed spaces and around other people and wash your hands and keep your distance. Fight the man and say goodnight, potty mouth. Good night, potty mouth. You know, it's not like we haven't done 185 episodes. I should know what to do by now. 185 (laughs) episodes, really. Like, you'd think I would get a fucking clue.